everyone, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock, along with Kyle Davis. We'll get you caught up on uh, what was a tremendously entertaining game on Sunday afternoon at Air Canada Centre. Not the result, obviously, that the Toronto Rock wanted with an 8-7 overtime loss to the New England Black Wolves, but I think everybody can probably say that they were able to uh, leave Air Canada Centre on Sunday very well entertained, we'll say, but uh, I don't know, Katie, it was... Uh, I think like we've talked about already, kind of uh, we've broken the game down, obviously, between us and uh, off air and whatnot. And, you know, my thought was kind of that 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 game was there just waiting for the Rock to win it and not necessarily the other way around, I think. But uh, just your thoughts on on how that game went on Sunday. Yeah. First of all, I think it was uh, it was very entertaining, as you mentioned, you know, from the fans. The fans were into it. There's a great crowd there. It seemed to be a great atmosphere for for a Sunday matinee in the city, but, uh, you know, on the floor, Toronto, you know, they got off to a hot start again, quick start, uh, you know, New England kind of took over, but I thought it was a t- tight game, uh, I-, I agree, it was there for the taking, New England didn't score a goal in the whole second half, I don't believe, until late in the fourth, um, you know, Toronto, I thought killing that big five-minute major w- was was going to, you know, thought that was going to lead into something, going to turn into, uh, you know, going, going the other way, some momentum. And uh, both teams had their had their struggles on offense for whatever reason it was. I thought both goaltenders were, were unbelievable in, in, in their own respective nets. Uh, you know, Rosie made some ridiculous saves coming across the crease uh, on Buchanan there, another cross crease on Steph, uh, the penalty shot. Uh, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of good things on the, on the back end and, and in net there. I just don't know... You know, I, I guess it's crazy because at one point we were saying this offense is unstoppable. It, it felt like at least, and uh, they were rolling. But you know, we we did say we didn't think this could happen all year. There was going to be a speed bumper. They were going to hit a wall, and it seems to be that's where they're at right now. You know, that you take away Brock's unreal goal, which was another fun thing and and entertaining, and then Challen had a breakaway goal and. Uh, you know, that leaves five from the offense over the course of 60, 60 minutes and change. So, you know, last week was seven uh, total against Georgia there. So, I mean, we're curious to, to see what Maddie has to say today about it. But uh, obviously there's something there. I know Schreiber's not in the lineup, but I'd be curious just to see, you know, what, what his thoughts are. And, you know, we, we do mention too, though, some games are just a grind, low-scoring game. That's just how, how it was. Not every game's going to be 20 goals. So... Uh, you know, maybe that was just one of those nights, but I think we got a maybe they're gripping the sticks a little too tight up front. But fun game, unfortunately, came out of the wrong end. Yeah, some some great stuff you touched on. Uh, obviously, a lot of it there. I thought the first half was a little. Uh, I don't know. It, it was definitely not as entertaining as the second half. I'll say. Um, Challen Rogers' goal in transition there is his break. Uh, I love watching the replay of that he throws a pretty heavy head fake in there that is kind of funny to watch but he's sorry to jump in yeah. he's pretty clutch on a breakaway in transition for sure like he don't, he doesn't he scores just as much as he misses or if not more yeah and you know that's one of those things where at what point do you kind of almost let uh let the d guys go send them all up the floor and just let them go but uh, the other thing I was going to say was on Sorensen's goal, actually, if you watch the video, you can see from one angle, Challen's actually, as Brock's running around behind the net before he goes to jump, Challen's actually kind of telling him to basically, like, pull it out, like, almost directing traffic, throw it back to 
kind of almost behind you, I think there's like, you know, a little safe pass here to settle it down. Don't turn the ball over. And then, you know, as he's pointing, you know, Brock's going airborne and coming up over the net and scoring that goal. And um, that was, it's weird because I know, and we've talked about this before, but how I am not a fan of the dunk, but I was a fan of that. And maybe it was because it was a rock goal, but, um, and interesting. I know we've joked too about how, you know, Matt Sawyer, you know, he's kind of uh, alluded to the fact that, you know, this team doesn't exactly have a lot of uh, dunkers on the team. Um, but, you know, you also made an interesting point, an observation that you had just about how, and we've talked about this on the podcast before as well, when it seems like once one happens, everybody maybe gets a little dunk happy. Yeah, well, I just, just watching the game there, I noticed, you know, Kieran tried one, uh, what Jones. would that have been? Jones tried one. I'm just trying to think of the timing. And it just seemed that, that, that Kieran and Jones tried them pretty close together in, t- in proximity of, in regards to time. Uh, both, I mean, say what you want. They, you know, they tried and both didn't obviously work out. I don't think yeah. they were they both. I think they both admit wasn't the prettiest <laughs> at, at, attempt. But, you know, they tried Agreed. it. But, uh, you know, and then, you know, Brock tried I just can't recall a Toronto Rock game this year where we've seen – you know, three attempts in one game. For instance, Buffalo, it feels like uh, what's uh, Mitch Jones and uh, what's the other lefty, um, gritty lefty they have? Durston. Durston. They're yeah. always trying dunk goals uh, down there. It, it feels like. So it's just, I, I guess to me, it just caught my eyes something new. But, you know, we've also alluded to that. They, they were struggling a bit shooting, you know, from straight on. Or, so I guess yeah. maybe it's just a mindset. You just try something new and, and Brock ended up scoring a beauty. But you look at across the, like, the Toronto Rock circle here, fans are, are saying goal of the year. The fans loved it, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. they, they've never seen anything like that live. So, And like I've kind of said, I, I don't mind the dunks that – and I know I, I feel like I'm being, I guess, a little – playing both sides of the fence here on this issue, if it's an issue at all. But – you know, I do like the more athletic dunk, especially if a guy's, you know, getting chased down like Brock was. Like, you know, I think we've seen both couriers do it now, Calgary and Rochester this year, where they're kind of on the run, coming back, and do something fairly athletic and spectacular. I don't love, I guess I can say maybe a lot of times, the Mitch Jones style, where, you know, you're just planted behind the net and you just jump out from behind and tuck it in. I like. I like Brock's goal, but I also realize that I gotta maybe I gotta pick one side of the argument or the other. But I, I like Brock's goal obviously uh, a lot, and so did a lot of people. Got a huge response on social media, which was great to say. I also want to say the crowd I thought was was hot on Sunday. They were dynamite. It was loud in there, and the fans were right into it. And you know, I was at Air Canada Saturday night uh, for the Leafs Pens game, and you know, there's eighteen thousand plus in there. And Sunday afternoon, you know, the 10,000-plus that were in there for the Rock game were, you know, just as loud, if not louder, I think, at uh, most times, especially on the Hickey goal, I think, uh, that kind of blew the roof off the building. And I think that's just a pat on the back to the Rock fans and and just what they're able to bring and the enthusiasm. And the guys feel it. They love it. And uh, it's something that uh, they're still talking about. So, uh little pat on the back stick tap or whatever you want to call it to uh the rock fans who uh they definitely brought their game on sunday and as we saw also rock posted on social media the contestant in the backley relay race go uh, go airborne 
the dive. Yeah, I, well, I didn't see it live. I was zipping around doing something else, but I saw that photo. It just what what got into that guy? That's um, like you know you got your moment. You take advantage yeah, of it. It was yes. you know uh, it was something where you know he had he had the stage and he took advantage of the opportunity. It was pretty neat. And credit to uh, <coughs> Ryan McCallum, or sorry, not Ryan McCallum. We do have a Ryan McCallum around here. Ryan McCullough. Uh, Toronto Rock photographer for capturing that moment. What a great photo. And uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out on social media uh, through all our all our channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's uh, it's a pretty good one. But, yeah, hats off to that guy. I'm not sure who he was. I think he's responded to some of the posts on Instagram. But uh, Yeah, I don't know what that guy does in his, his day-to-day routine, but I, I'd imagine he's never going to get in front of 10,000-plus. No, with the you know the opportunity to do something like that again. He's got so the stage. He's Go got, for got it. Right? The, got the stones to pull that off. Good for him. Um, so yeah, sorry. So back to the game there on Sunday. So you know you look at that loss, and I I've said I I feel like since that game was so entertaining, it had a little bit of everything. Rosie was so good. You had the Brock goal. You had the Hickey tying goal. You know in the final minute. You know with 20 seconds left in regulation, uh, chances to win it in overtime. Just so much. The five minute penalty kill. There was so much to that second half it was just an awesome game i don't feel as bad about the loss and i know that doesn't make sense really at all on any level but i don't feel quite as bad about the loss that game was so entertaining and i think you pull some elements out of that and it gives you reason to you know believe that this team is still maybe closer to the four game win streak than the one win in the last five games because if Rosie even plays 85% of that if he gives you 85-90% of what he gave you in that game you're probably going to win most nights you're not this offense isn't going to struggle like this for the rest of the season balls are going to drop defensively a good effort uh the power play I think is something we'll touch on with uh Rocket coach Matt Sawyer when he's in here that's something that needs to obviously get going a little bit as well but um and generating some five on five offense because i think like you pointed out only uh what five goals that well, were well four, like reinhold's yeah, goal you start, you, to, strip you, you away, start yeah. to strip it away reinhold's goal late was a six on five extra attacker you know we mentioned brock defensive dunkel challenge transition breakaway that's you know that yep that seven's down to four yep and just off the top of my head yeah, and and that's you know there is obviously reason for concern. You can't keep going like this, but you know um, we haven't heard otherwise. Uh, not that we're always privy to all the inside information here, but we haven't heard otherwise. You know, apparently Tom Schreiber is you know completely on course. Jamie Dowick was on the podcast last week to say that uh, you know it sounds like everything is on course. Uh, haven't heard anything again over the last few days to to believe any different that you know he's still targeting this uh you know potentially this march 30th game as a possible comeback against colorado which means he's only out for two more games um and who knows if if things are going phenomenally well maybe he's back against calgary you never know but um i think you know likely i think with all these types of things and especially with what's at stake long term here that you know you probably err on the side of caution anyways with uh with something like this and knowing that uh, you've got a pretty good group here still that uh, can get the job done. Yeah, for sure. And I, I agree. I still think – I mean, I didn't expect 
because Tom was gone, this offense was going to just drive right up, you know, maybe like it has for the last game or two. But I still think there is a lot of great weapons on this offense, right? You mentioned, you know, you got Robbie. We didn't have Robbie all last year. We've mentioned that. He's he's in the mix. You got Hickey, obviously, scored a massive goal. He can still, you know, I love when they play the after a big goal and Magic Stick comes on, by yep. the way. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, like you got a great – you still got a good mix there, Adam Jones. Um, I, I, I think it's just uh, – you're never as good as you are when, you know, they're scoring 20 probably and, you know, they're not as bad as the offense is collectively right now when they're putting up seven. It's, you know, it's, it's going to work itself out. It's uh, all the ebbs and flows of, of a lacrosse season. And from a New England perspective too, you know, they, they got smacked last time they were in that building. They were yep. coming in. They they wanted to – no, that was probably – New England you probably saw – defensively the best they they had they, that was yeah. embarrassing for their defensive group and bold the first time around here and they wanted to come back and show they can compete and 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 you know so all things considered you, you know you got a you got another chance at them uh this friday it, it would have been nice to seal up the i guess the uh you know if you win that one you got new england on the year regardless but now uh you know you got uh you got another opportunity and that's that's like we mentioned it's great about this league you get right back at it against another division game it's it's so tight a, a big win can go a long way and you forget about the the last three losses pretty quick well and i mean just speaking of goal songs i think we're gonna hear a lot of mr jones maybe on uh, march 30th and hopefully we get to hear a little party in the usa yeah, that'd be great. I don't think great. I've ever wanted to hear Miley Cyrus so bad in my life. Well, <laughs> then Tommy Boy's back, right? So <laughs> That's what it means. All right, well, uh, fingers crossed that everything uh, you know stays on course. And uh, we've got lots to cover here in the show today. We've got uh, some great guests coming up. Colin Doyle, the all-time great, the GOAT around here, uh, number seven in the rafters, of course, at the Air Canada Centre. And uh, lots of fond memories of uh, watching him play and his exploits and we'll catch up to him just uh get dialed in on what he's been up to and just his thoughts on the game on sunday as he was in attendance and then also we've got toronto rock head coach matt sawyer he is coming up next stay with us more toronto rock total access in a second time come on girls let's rock that Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Joining us now in studio, the head coach of the Toronto Rock, Matt Sawyer. Matty, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, great game on Sunday. Not the result everybody wanted with the overtime loss uh, at the hands of the New England Black Wolves and just tightens everything up that much more in the East. And uh, But just your thoughts on that game, how it went, and, uh, you know, like I think I've already said probably on this podcast already, but just it seemed like that game was just sitting there kind of almost waiting for you guys to win the game. You know, it just felt as the second second half went on, how well Rosie was playing, how well the defense was playing, and it just felt like it was just sitting there kind of, not necessarily on a platter, but it was it was sitting there waiting for the Toronto Rock to step up and win that game. Yeah, um, you know, you mentioned Rosie and, and our defense. They certainly gave us every opportunity to, uh, to pull that one out, and um, we felt we, um, you know, we created some good looks and, and threw a lot of balls out their net. But uh, no doubt about it, we got to find a way to get a get a result. But uh, that's a game that you don't um, you, you come out uh, from that game disappointed uh, in the outcome. But 
we certainly um, you know had our effort and our commitment was there and we did a lot of good things it's uh, it's tough to see right now but uh, we need to try to build on that and carry it into uh, this weekend now where is the uh, you know what is the temperature at I guess when you start to think you know this team's won one of its last five Tom Schreiber's out of the lineup but at the same time Two of those losses are in overtime. You're two shots away from winning three of your last five and being in much better shape. You know, where, I guess, are the... What's the reality check, I guess, here and there? Is it as bad as one in five, or is are you more leaning towards, you know, we've actually been pretty good for some stretches here over the last five and maybe just not uh, hit the pay window here? Yeah, well, you try to, um, you know, we got no no choice but try to take some positives out of that run. But um, you know, the fun, uh, one uh, one win in five uh, five outings is uh, is a fact, right? So there's no uh, skirting that. So um, you yeah, asked about the temperature. Obviously, uh, confidence is a uh, powerful thing, and right now we're um, you know we're low on that. But we uh, we have no choice but to uh, stick with it and and try to come out and be better next uh, next game and find a way to uh, to get a win. But uh, um, you know, you look at our game and, and uh, you try to identify some things that we can do better, which there are uh, lots of things, but um, there's no use beating them up right now. They know, uh, they know the situation we're in, and, and this group is going to be the group that pulls us out of it as well. Matty, why did you ask your opinion <coughs> Excuse me, on, uh, on the power play, and what, what do you think uh, kind of is going on with the power play? It seems to be struggling a little bit of late, and how we can, or how the Rock can, uh, you know, fix that and get, get going, obviously. Uh, it can be a very important aspect in a game. You see a power play late in the game this past weekend, and uh, just your thoughts on on the power play of late. Yeah, um, you know it's really um, it, it uh, has let us down in the last couple of games, no doubt about it. Uh, I thought the game against New England, um, we made some uh, good adjustments and, and we got some good looks. Uh, uh, fact of the matter is, um, power play is going to come down to uh, somebody putting the ball in the net and. Um, you know, uh, if you go back a couple of games, our power play wasn't as successful against Georgia, but at the same time, we were hurting ourselves, letting Georgia push the ball and get opportunities shorthanded. Um, you know, we cleaned that up, and we got some real good looks on our power play. The ball just didn't fall, so uh, you got to stick with it and uh, try to identify uh, maybe some plays that can give guys even uh, uh, better look in on the net. But uh, ultimately, it uh, you know it's in their hands to find a way to uh, to beat the goalie. And not step like from the offense. It as a whole, I guess, you know, back-to-back weeks, uh, you know, the teams put up seven this past week, you know, one from Challen, one from Brock, that the offense chips in five, and I know it was a tighter game, and that's how lacrosse is sometimes, but at what point do you separate the offenses in a rut compared to we maybe need to look at a, at a system change as it just hasn't been working lately? Well, I think you try to do, um, you know, you're, you're constantly trying to tweak things and come up with, um, uh, you know, with uh, something that you can introduce that might uh, help us get better or gain an advantage as far as a whole uh, system change. Um, you know, I don't think uh, rolling into game 12 is, is when you approach that. So, um, again, you try to do some subtle things, whether it be uh, the lineup or uh, uh, maybe our approach up front. Um, but also it's important to show confidence in that group and, and uh, for them to know that we have confidence in them. And, and uh, like I said before, this is uh, the group that, uh, that we have, and, and we're happy to have them, and uh, we're confident that they're going to uh, uh, come out with the, the performance we need. So um, you're always looking to try to get better, but uh, um, we're not looking to change our system right at this point, that's for sure. Now to come back to Rosie a little bit, uh, I know – you know, for me, I think that was one of the best games I've ever seen him play. But you're probably the uh, 
the go-to on this one, having coached him in junior and through some Minto Cups and whatnot. Uh, where does that performance on Sunday rank uh, among, you know, kind of what you've seen in terms of Rosie's entire body of work through his career here? Yeah, that uh, it was certainly a good one, especially, um, you know, the, the second half and even in the first half he gave up six and uh, three or four of those he didn't have much of a chance on. So, um, you know, Nick has a, um, you know, over the course of his career, he's uh, he's been a goalie that uh, is able to rise up to the uh, the challenge and, um, you know, we're, uh, we're quite confident with him and in uh, net behind us and um, you know another one of the disappointing p- parts of not being able to pull out that win was uh, was the performance he gave us and uh, um, we expect to see that again on Friday night. So coming into New England here obviously some uh, I always like to say still some turkey on the table here this week uh, with the matchup against New England and uh, a chance to kind of you know, not only get the uh, season series tiebreaker here and uh, have that uh, you know there's going to be a tie somewhere in the East. You want to have as many of these uh, in your back pocket as possible. But just going into this game uh, Friday night, is there is there any kind of a change in game plan, change in the roster, change in the lineup, any of those things? Or is this going to be the same group that we see again on Friday night? Well, for the most part, uh, you know, I think we've been pretty consistent with probably about uh, 90 to 95 percent of our, our lineup. Um, you know, we're going to uh, um, talk here tonight, and, and uh, we have been talking as a coaching staff. and. Uh, whatever we decide to do, it'll be uh, you know put the the 17 uh, plus the goalie out there that we feel gives us the best uh, best chance to win. Um, no doubt about it. This is a uh, a very big game. Um, it's one that we have to have. We have to have just uh, you know again for our psyche and our confidence, but also uh, um, the spot that we're at in, uh, in the standings. Uh, you mentioned a tiebreaker against an Eastern team, and we also got to start to piling up uh, some more wins just within the conference too. So there's. Uh, um, you know, everything's on the table here for New England, and we realize that uh, it's going to be real, real tough for us uh, without a win in here. And, and uh, you know, even if uh, when we get one, it's going to be tough. So we're going to have to be good and string together um, a consistent effort. And it's got to, uh, you know, for multiple games, and it's got to start here Friday in New England. In terms of the lineup, Dan Lindner scratched uh, on Sunday. Phil Caputo goes up front in a full time role uh, this past week. What were your thoughts on uh, how that all shook out? Well, um, Phil, much like uh, the rest of the guys up front, I'm sure he'd like to have a couple of uh, the opportunities he had um, back because, um, you know, he did create some space for our, uh, our guys on the right side, and he was in on the net a couple of times himself. Um, you know, Phil gave us uh, what we expected, uh, hoping to have a little bit more production, but, um, you know, it's also his first game at the front door, and uh, confident if we, uh, if we decide to go back with him, he'll, uh, he'll grow from that game and get even better. Now, since uh, after losing the first couple of games of the season, you guys have gone with three righties every game. Any thoughts of going back to uh, four righties and three lefties here, possibly? Well, we look at everything, and that is um, that is an option for us, no doubt about it. But, um, you know, again, um, we'll, uh, you know, we like the, the um, weak right side being three righties over there and, and the space that it creates, for, uh, especially for, uh, for Robbie. So um, it's something we'll look at, and, and uh, you know, we're open to uh, uh, we're open to anything. We're not married to it, but uh, we're going to come up with the, um, you know, the best lineup that gives us the best opportunity to win. All right, so folks, the uh, cat is not coming out of the bag here on the podcast, is what Matt's trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know I know how many people listen to this, so we don't want to we don't want to uh, show our hand this. Early. All right, fair enough. I hear you. I hear you. All right, well, Maddie, thanks a lot for uh, joining us here this week, and uh, best of luck Friday night in New England. 
Thanks. We'll take it. All right. We'll do this again soon. Uh, Matt Sawyer, head coach of the Toronto Rock. Short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access. And when we come back, we'll have Toronto Rock legend Colin Doyle with us in the studio. Stay with us. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock along with Kyle Davis. And we have a real treat for everybody here in studio with us today. The one and only legendary Colin Doyle. Colin, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for the very kind words. I didn't think that uh, you'd be that excited to have me back on. <laughs> I'm very excited to have you back. I think KD's uh, fired up as well. I mean, uh, it's not too often we get a chance to uh, visit with each other on the record anyways here uh, on the podcast. So it's nice to have you in studio. You've... Uh, Got a lot going on right now. A little bit of a handful here this week with the March break camp. How's things going out there on the floor? Well, things are well. We've got a lot of young rock fans that uh, that are big fans of the team, and they get to spend uh, you know a week with uh, with all the guys here. We got a lot of great coaches. Um, so you know what? It's going well. Two days in, everything's everything's good. The kids are enjoying themselves, and you know I haven't gone fully gray yet, so I can say <laughs> it's a it's been a success. Um, but I love seeing uh, love seeing kids uh, enjoy the game. It really uh, it's a really big part of why I do what I do. Is that kind of the biggest thing you wanted the kids to take away from this week? Just that they have you know that high level of enjoyment. Is it learning about the rock? Is it uh, just learning to maybe enjoy the game in a different way? What is it that you're really trying to push on the kids here on a week? Not push, but get through to the kids. <laughs> um, I I think it's a bit of everything. I, I love seeing kids enjoy the game that I love so much I love seeing them learn new parts of it that maybe they wouldn't learn elsewhere and I love the fact that we're trying to introduce them to the young and up-and-coming players on the team so that they can form a connection with these guys and and become bigger fans so I think all those things combine and with the facility here the way it is the way it's set up the way Jamie's got it set up the access to the players is there and a week like this is uh, is something that I would have dreamed of as a kid. But I think it's important for the, the the young players of today's generation to have a connection with the stars of the Rock and other teams. But here in Toronto, especially, have that connection with the players so that we can uh, you know build that fan base again. So now you're a couple of years away from the game now, playing for the Rock. Um, you're a fan now. Mm-hmm. You've been to some games as a fan now. Uh, what's that just overall been like? Well, they haven't won yet since I've been there, so the experience hasn't been great. But um, look, my kids love it. They always have. Um, obviously, for me, it's a different position, but I love it. Uh, I was telling you off air last week, the, the game against New England was one of the most exciting things I've been to, one of the best sporting events I've been to in quite some time. So it's neat to see it from the other perspective. Um, I don't have any urges whatsoever to be back playing, so I literally just enjoy it when when you tell the fans to get on their feet, I'm going to get on my feet. And uh, when the dance cam's on me, I dance. Uh, um, I enjoy paying $18 a beer like everybody else, yeah. and uh, I thoroughly enjoy it. I, I really have. I think it's a fun team to watch. It's an easy team to cheer for, and um, it's been great. So I've enjoyed the experience. Uh, we just got to get some more wins. So speaking of Sunday's game, let's dive into that a little bit, get your take on things. We'll uh, fire some questions at you about it. But just overall, you know, uh, what stuck out the most 
about that game on Sunday. Obviously, the Rock, uh, you know, down early, just kind of kept chipping away, chipping away. Scored the first goal of the game, but then, uh, you know, never really kind of got on a roll at any point in the game. And then, you know, big goal at the end of the first half, the big goal to tie it, Rosie's performance. Uh, I guess I'm filling in some blanks for you maybe, but uh, what what was it that uh, kind of stuck out to you about what that game was? I think you answered your own question. All right. Is all of those things. <laughs> no, it was uh, – Entertainment value off the charts, like I said. Uh, it, it's hard for a f- former player. I don't want to get into the, well, if they'd have done this, it, it's just not kind of what I do. You know, they did everything right. I think offensively they just grinded a bit. And, you know, I've been there. I know it's not like they're not working. It's not that they're not trying to do the right things. It's just, you know, some days that's the way it goes. Um, they just couldn't get that big goal when they really needed it. I, I felt like defensively and uh, Nick and Nett were superb kind of um, keeping that game at bay and to keep a team scoreless as long as they did is, is quite a, a feat. But you have to look at the other side and say, man, uh, Aaron Bold played spectacular and their defense did quite a job on, on the Rocks offense. But it's not normally what you think, uh, you know, an 8-7 game to be that exciting. People always get pretty excited about the 17-15 games, but man, it had it all. Um, when the Rock killed that five-minute power play and then Rosie stopped the penalty shot, you just felt like, okay, this the way this game's going, we're going to come out with the win. And then we tie it up late and had a couple of chances in overtime. And lo and behold, you know, Crowley sticks one that, you know, will go in any day of the week. So, uh, again, that's the way the game goes. But um, it was exciting. And, uh, I, and I don't know that they do anything different. It's just sometimes that's the way it goes. And they're going through one of those stretches now. Colin, former leader, obviously, or still a leader, former captain, I guess. Uh, how would you kind of handle from your playing days a situation like this? You know, the, the offense kind of struggling. The team started so hot at 4-2 and two and one win in their last five. And just see, like you mentioned, they just can't get over that hump right now. What would be going on kind of behind the scenes uh, in the dressing room at practice and, you know, before a game to kind of, you know, keep the positive uh, spirit going here? Well, I think you you have to realize that you have lost three games in a row, and that needs to be addressed, and you need to fine-tune things to make sure that, you know, you understand why that's happening. That being said, the reality is you you got to draw a line and say, you know, we just got to get back to working hard and having fun here and doing the things we did that got us to four and two. So, again, it, it's tricky. I mean, you have to stay positive, but you also have to realize that you're making some mistakes that might be costing you some games. Clean those up and get back to working hard and get back to that winning feeling and, you know, I heard you guys talking before I got here. A couple of bounces here and there back three games ago when they were in Georgia, we may not be having this conversation at all. So, you know, I've never been big on, you know, really dwelling on things. you got to move past it. I'm sure that their leaders realize they've still got a great team. You just keep preaching that with the understanding that, you know, if we don't make a couple of tweaks, this becomes four and it becomes five and it becomes six and then you're out of the playoffs. So just understanding what's reality and what's in front of you, and getting back to doing what you do, and I think uh, sports is an evil is an evil temptress temptress temp. What's the word I'm looking for, Mike? I think temptress. There, there you Maybe. go. We'll dig that up. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> it's not fair all the time, and you can think you played as well as you did and as hard as you did, and sometimes you're on the wrong end. So, um, yeah, don't let it go to four. Go out and find a way to win this week, and then all these conversations next week look different. And just to circle back to, you know, you mentioned you're a fan now in the stands. What's that? Uh, have you have you had a lot of season ticket holders or fans approaching you during the game? Is it hard to, you know, kind of stay focused on the game? Like if you were obviously a big Tigers fan, if you sat season tickets in the Tigers or at, at the ballpark there in a, you know, legend 
just ended up sitting down in your section one year for the year. That'd be pretty tough to, you know, not be a pain in that guy's side. Yeah, I can't imagine Justin Verlander being a season ticket holder. <laughs> not where I'm sitting anyway. But I but get to, yeah. you know what I mean, like what I'm getting at there. If, uh, it's good. I, I uh, yeah, a lot of people talk it. Uh, I've enjoyed it. Um, it's nice to hear their take. It's uh, it's been neat. You know, like I said, I get to visit with a lot of people that have been season ticket holders for a long time. We get to talk about the game and the what ifs and. I think that's neat. I don't have a problem with that. Um, you know, my family gets so loud sometimes our season's ticket holders around us may want us to move. <laughs> but uh, it's neat perspective. I really enjoy it. You know, I don't know if I'll enjoy that forever, but I'm enjoying it now. So, um, yeah, it's great. I really, I really enjoy being with the, the people that have been fans for so long. So not to dwell on the struggles here, but I, I can remember a, a tweet. Uh, it was during the, the four-game win streak that – you know, you were super impressed with the offense, essentially, and, you know, you couldn't kind of remember the last time you saw an offense that was kind of functioning this well, maybe as a group. But, obviously, Tom Schreiber withdrawn from the mix uh, right now because of injury. But is there anything specific that you've seen that's changed? Is it just the gripping the sticks too tight, shots not dropping, or has there been some other kind of change from that streak? Well, I think Schreiber is a big part of it. But what's left beyond him is still pretty good, if you ask me. Um, again, I, I don't really want to walk that line of, of being a former player, kind of saying what things should be and shouldn't be, because I'm not playing anymore. And I know that if you're not playing, you can't understand what it is that's going on. But yeah, you lose a game, you grip a bit tighter, you lose two, it gets tighter. Of course that happens. Um, and then you're asking guys to do things they're not used to doing uh, when, when Shriver's out. Everybody kind of gets bumped up one on the depth chart, and some people might become things that they're not. Um, so I, I still think, you know, in, in Rob and in, in Adam, you've got two pretty good quarterbacks on both sides of the floor. Um, you know, I think that they'll start generating more, hopefully. Uh, you know, the one thing I would say that they may be kind of live or die too much on that outside shot, and I think we got to take the middle of the floor a bit, a bit more. And, you know, with, with the personnel there, they've got the guys to do it. But, again... That sitting where I'm sitting now, it's not fair to, to say anything, but um, they've got some pretty, pretty great playmakers on that team without Tom, and now they've got to find a way to float the offense so Tom gets back, and then you get a guy like him back, you know, with four or five weeks left in the season. You get, you get on your run, and this league's all about being on your run at the right time. So get this team into the playoffs, hopefully grab first. Uh, if you don't, so be it. you got to play an extra game and uh, be running hot at the right time. So I still think that's going to happen. And just like to see, you know, somebody up there is going to take the bull by the horns. And I think somebody will. You know, it's okay to have an opinion. Now that you're a fan, there was probably, you know, there was 10,000 other people that also had their own solutions to things too. So it's okay to. <laughs> uh, yeah, I You're know. not stepping on any toes. I know, I know. I just, I remember when I did play, it was hard to listen to other people because when you're not in the thick of it, it's it's tricky. Um yeah, my opinion, I guess, I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to answer that. I'm just not big on doing it. And I don't think they're doing a ton wrong. I just think yeah. right now, you know, it's just the way it's going. And uh, But I do think that they need a quarterback up there now that Tom's out. And, uh, you know, I think they'll they'll discover who that quarterback is in the next little bit. And if everybody finds a way to give a little bit more, you know, seven goals can turn into 12 in a hurry. Power play has been struggling. There's no secret there. And in this league, if your power play's not going, you're – you're digging for five extra goals a game and you look at the teams that are running hot they're five six power play goals a game out of eight opportunities and yeah it's kind of the way the league's going so it starts there and i think you, you build it out from there 
Now to uh, round back, shift gears a little bit before we let you go. You know, we see the passion and the energy that you've put into stuff here at the track and getting all these programs going. And I see that, uh, you know, you've still got that, I think, fire when you're out there teaching the kids and doing all that kind of stuff. And I know I bug you about this from time to time, but <laughs> when, are, <laughs> when are you going to get into coaching? Like actually taking a team, whether it be junior or if you're going to maybe try to transition straight into the pros, when when is that uh, – When's that going to happen? Is it going to happen? Do you I, know? What's I the, don't know. Yeah. I, it's not happening anytime soon. Uh, I've got, you know, family at this point comes first, and I've got three girls kind of into the thick of lacrosse on yep. the girls' side, and that keeps me plenty busy. And I, I don't have the urge to get involved yet. Um, so I don't know if it ever will. Yeah. I don't. Um, I like being a fan. I like not having an opinion. Or if I've got opinion, <laughs> I, I only have to tell my wife. Um, yeah, so I maybe I, she'd like you to go tell some other people. Though, she maybe. probably would. She probably would, or whoever's over that night doesn't want to hear it. But um, I love this game. Uh, I love the NLL game. Um, you know, I had uh, I had a great junior career. I like it too. But all those things are big commitments, and you know, at this point, uh, to give my full effort to any of that, it's just not in the cards. So, um, not right now is the answer to that. Who knows what the future brings? Um, I don't know. Right now I'm good kind of teaching the young guys. I enjoy that, and I've got time for that. So we'll, we'll go from there. Sorry to not answer your question. That's all right. I really wasn't expecting much more. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, though, uh, what did you think of the 20th anniversary jerseys? Really liked them. Actually, yeah. I thought they were super sharp. Um, it, it was nice. They kind of honored a lot of things that The Rock have been over the 20 years, and they have been a lot of things. So hard to jam all that into, into one, but I thought they looked really sharp. And I've thought that about most of our third jerseys. There was a couple yeah. misses. That, that's a that's a, <laughs> well, we a podcast for another day. <laughs> I've got lots of opinions on that. No, but uh, generally really liked them. And uh, again, generally really liked my experience there last week. I, it was just a phenomenal game, and uh, it's great to see the game so strong. It really is. And uh, fans ought to be proud of this team, and fans of the league ought to be proud of where it's going. There's a uh, some incredible talent and in that dressing room alone there's uh there's quite a few superstars and then quite a few more superstars in the making so makes me happy to be a fan of the rock all right doily well thanks a lot for stopping by i know uh still a few days ahead of you on the calendar here in the march break camp but uh enjoy that and we'll uh hopefully do this again soon love to thanks mike all thanks, right thanks katie that was the legendary colin doyle one of only two gentlemen that have their number retired by the Toronto Rock. We'll take a short break and be back with more Toronto Rock Total Access in a moment. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Kyle Davis here to wrap things up. And uh, trade deadline coming up. Big game Friday, uh, New England and Toronto at Mohegan Sun uh, down in Uncasville, Connecticut. So uh, a big one on the road. You can watch that on NLLTV.com if you feel so inclined. But uh, first, let's uh, let's talk a little. Uh, let's talk trade deadline stuff first. If you're uh, if you're running the ship here, KD, what uh, what are a few things that are potentially on your want list? for the Toronto Rock at the trade deadline. And, and before we get into this, I should mention, you know, there's there's usually not a lot of activity at the NLL trade deadline in general, like, at all. You know, like, there's been years where there's been one trade, 
no trades, I feel like, like leading up to it. And we've already had a few blockbusters this year with actual player-for-player player type trades in season, which has been uh, pretty odd. So if there were uh, one, two, three things, whatever it is, uh, some things on your list that uh, you'd like to see the Toronto Rock possibly uh, slide into here at the trade deadline, what uh, what would they be? Yeah, it's tough because you mentioned, you know, teams are set, and with the exception of Vancouver, everyone's still in the thick of things, so it does get a little hairy in that instance in terms of trying to, you know, retool or tweak the roster a bit in season. But saying that, we'll just go with the theme and, you know, how much we love trade talk and conversation <laughs> yeah. on this show. Um, uh, Toronto Rock wish list. I would, uh, if I could, you know, I'd maybe explore adding another another piece on the left side on offense um no disrespect to you know the offense right now obviously you know i think they're going to work out what's going on but you, if you, you got jones you got you know reed Ridehold, who's uh in his second year in the league dane craig in his first year in the league and kieran mccardle in his second year in the league but still i think still learning the box game obviously you're always learning but that's still new to him uh you know obviously they've all showing flashes of brilliance this year. They both they've all chipped in in, in their own way and, and been good. I just think another another piece to add to that left side wouldn't hurt for a team battling in the East that's wide open. You know, and if you you know if you could find a guy that could potentially help for a stretch run or what uh, wouldn't hurt the case by any means. Because um, then healthy on the right side, I think you're pretty set with you know Schreiber back, Hellier, Hickey. And what that looks like yep. so um you know we look uh second you know we see the way these games are going and the toronto rock defense has been been great for you know majority of the year if not all year uh so there's no it's not a slight to them by any means but i think to win a championship you know you, your def- defensive depth really comes out and, and, and is needed i think defense does win championships uh you know you're not gonna i don't think you're gonna be in uh this year the way it's going like a, a 2019 you know final i think it's gonna come down to a you know a defense in the fourth quarter so some defensive depth uh potentially one of them and you know if if an opportunity in any transaction to to acquire a draft pick or, or you know maybe move up a draft pick from a, th- a third to a second or a fourth from a third, whatever that looks like, I mean that's a, that's an area you're always looking looking to build to the future. You know you got expansion. There's there's a lot to obviously consider, but uh, if you could somehow, I mean it's a lot easier said me here today in, in the studio than than in reality. But uh, just a couple things I think would you know I'm sure they're looking at by by all indications yeah and kind of like i said there it's it is very difficult to make a trade in the nll in season and at this time of year too with the number of teams that are uh like you said kyle still in the mix here it's going to be very difficult i think for anybody to make a move i think we will see one or two moves here uh you know perhaps uh perhaps even before the end of the week you know if teams are hoping to get these guys in the lineup this weekend but if not uh possibly on uh on monday on trade deadline day but for the most part i think if we're going to see moves they're going to end up being off-season stuff uh leading into uh both drafts that we'll see in the off-season the expansion draft and then the entry draft later on but um i'm expecting it to be quiet pretty quiet overall I, i don't think there's going to be you know a team making it's just 
it's so different than hockey, right? Where you've got prospects and players in the minor leagues and tweaks and this, and you've just got so many assets in play. You've got, you know, it's just everything's so much deeper in that sport, right? Whereas, you know, when you look at a team here right now, you know, active bodies around, including guys who are on IR and pop and whatnot, there's 27 guys total. Right? There's, that's it. You know? And you don't have that in hockey. You've probably got 50 guys in play, right? Realistically. Oh, yeah. um, you know, in addition to draft picks and whatnot. So, it's a much different ball game here, and I think sometimes fans come into the trade deadline thinking, oh, well, you know, a little, like we're kind of saying here, a tweak here, a tweak there. Like, if there were, if there was an opportunity to make multiple moves in this league, I think you would see it more often, but I just don't think because of the whole makeup of of the teams and the league and and a lot of times too coaches general managers in this league i think are very tied to their personnel that they have from the start of the season and the bigger changes do usually tend to come in the off season when you start to think oh maybe i'm gonna you know rebuild retool refigure this whole thing out and uh i think long story short here i, I don't think we're gonna see too much of the trade deadline but um, yeah, and I would like, uh, yeah, I, that's the Toronto Rock. That's every team's way, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't want you I'm to sit sure there and be like, oh, like give to. me an offensive guy, a depth D guy, and some picks. Like, that's yeah. every, that's and it's not, it's not realistic, right? Yeah, uh, just uh, you know, we're kind of playing with the, the trade deadline hypotheticals here, so don't want everyone to think like, oh, Kyle's saying they're gonna, you know, they're looking for this and doing that. That's I mean, it's it's hard enough to make a trade, let alone you know grab a, dra- a draft yeah. pick, the tough guy, and, <laughs> and you know retool the whole roster. So I, I don't think that's going to happen, obviously. But uh, especially you know this year kind of has an asterisk beside it with all the trades that we have seen. Like we yeah we could be into just you know a snoozer here really. Yeah. And I think maybe one day down the road we're going to see that when you you know eventually at some point down the road you're going to have to have some kind of official farm system development league in place i think you're going to have obviously more teams so you're going to have more teams out of the playoffs you know as you as you go further as expansion comes along more teams willing to to make a move and and maybe move off of this year and look towards next year whereas right now there's you know for eight out of the nine teams in the league if you were to name anybody and say they're going to be the champion at the end of the year probably other than Vancouver right now why not yeah it's, it's that tight here's a quick one for you would you rather have had all these trades sprinkled in uh you know these little nuggets as they were throughout the season or would you trade that to have them all go down on Monday and have just an epic trade deadline day uh definitely number two yeah. <laughs> definitely trade deadline that would have been that would have been fantastic. I think that would have been something that, uh, you know, especially within the lacrosse world, would have gotten uh, a ton of uh, a ton of hype and a ton of attention, and would have been it would have been fun, yeah, and would have potentially set the stage then for future trade deadlines to say, oh, okay, maybe this is now going to be the way it's going to be. This is going to be a bigger event than it is right now, and so much of it right now, I think, is what we associate with hockey because I don't really think any other sport has quite the that deadline day mentality so to speak that hockey has no other sport is really like that there's obviously trade deadlines in other sports but they don't have those you know 
the dedication to it, especially in uh, Canada. Go on air for 12 <laughs> yeah, hours to exactly. break down. And then 12 hours of recap after it's yeah. all over, right? So, uh, anyways, we'll move on from the trade deadline that uh, we've talked too much about because in the end we both kind of decided that they'll probably be next to nothing happening. But you never know. Uh, so we're going to look forward to uh, this Friday night, Toronto Rock, New England Black Wolves in New England and a rematch and of course you know these two teams will be very familiar with each other having played just uh you know less than a week you know prior once we rolled to friday being that the the uh, first half of the home and home was just this past sunday but um familiarity and and getting to know people's tendency and whatnot and katie i wanted to give you a chance to talk about something that you noticed in pregame warm-up um with the black wolves on sunday yeah, I was just uh, sitting in the stands, New England's end, watching them. Not, it wasn't even in their official light warm-up or, or full equipment. It was just a couple guys on the floor messing around, really. Uh, but Buchanan on the right side, and I'm, I'm not even sure who the lefty was feeding him, but uh, they are basically working on, you know, you know, cross the floor quick sticks. Um, you know, imagining Rosie's. Standing out, playing the left shooter, that ball gets zipped across to the right shooter, right crease, and Buchanan. What I found interesting was, you know, either catch, not quick sticking it right away, uh, either catch and go underhand right along the ground, or quick stick, but make sure he's getting that bounced low, um, you know, because you think in Rosie's position, that comes across. Typically, from a goaltender's perspective, you know, the stick and the arms come up and over and it covers the top half of the net and from a shooter and I know you, it's just a quick stick you see empty net and you just it's just reaction it's just and I found it interesting to to see them kind of you know and Buchanan would step in the net and kind of you, you could see he was explaining to a couple guys the reasoning and, and what they were doing uh, there and I, I just found it interesting them you know kind of working on that or picking up on that pregame and then for it to come full circle in the fourth quarter and Buchanan not do what he was practicing and, and get stuffed. Like essentially, yeah. or not stuffed, but a massive save because he quick stick it up high and Rosie came over with the stick and, and got a piece of it in the upper half of the net. So just found it interesting. You know, they're working on this. They're, they're trying to, I guess, you know, tweak what they're doing, I guess, yeah. on a certain area, which I, even if you, you think about it, and I never really did think about it until the time, you, that comes over. You just take a second and you go underhand. Ro- There's nothing Rosie can yeah. do. He's so far out of position. That's the only he's coming across in desperation. Yep. So I mean, something to look for next game. I'm sure that one at that point, obviously the the moment of the game, he was had to go to the bench, and I'm sure the left you passed it to him. Did we not just go over this? <laughs> you know, two yeah. hours ago. Like, what are you doing yeah. there? But uh, interesting to to watch and watch that. Uh, you know. Be come to fruition, I guess, in the fourth quarter and not, yeah. not translate. It's a juicy little tidbit there. All right, so uh, as we get ready here, a rematch, obviously, of, of epic proportions here on Friday night. Um, at Mohegan Sun, again, you can watch that game live on NLLTV.com at 7.30. And predictions, we've been a little off lately. Yeah, we've got one win in our last five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to find out what we... Do you remember what we predicted last week? Yeah, we were way off. Uh, I was very far off. I had 18-11 Toronto. <laughs> Katie, you had 15-10. 
Yeah, well, obviously we're struggling here. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm that's gonna... not good. Sorry, I was dialed in there. Um, so what do you got? What do you got this week? What's your prediction Friday night? My prediction Friday night. I I think it's still going to be close. Everything's so tight in the East. I mean, why wouldn't it be? Uh, I think Toronto rebounds with a big win and similar to the. I'm feeling like a similar kind of to the game we we saw in Rochester, kind of a grinded out good road win. I'm going to go 12-9 Toronto. Hmm. I am going to go higher just because I always seem to predict that there's going to be a lot of goals. I'm going to say 15-12 Toronto. The biggest reason why I say that is I feel like a lot of times when two teams play a real tight, low-scoring game, a lot of times next next time, you know, the barn doors are left open here and, you know, the horses are let to run out of the barn, so to speak. So uh, that's why I think it's going to be much more high scoring. Obviously, do the math, almost twice <laughs> twice as many goals, I guess, on Friday. Almost. But uh, I think that's where we're going to end up. There's uh, 15-12. That's my prediction. KD's got 12-9. Bulls for the Rock. Imagine that. Uh, what else we want to go through? Ticket stuff here. We only got two home games left on the schedule. Uh, for the 2017-18 season, uh, March 30th against Colorado, April 13th, uh, Rochester is back here. So, uh, KD, what's cooking in the ticket department? Yeah, we've gained a lot of momentum last three games. You know, crowds of over 10,000 plus, loud into it, and uh, you're you're not going to want to miss the 30th. Obviously, we saw how entertaining that game was. Uh, you know, the boys are going to be in right in the thick of things for a playoff uh, push, seeding, and, and whatnot. And to me, I, I look forward. I circle Colorado when they come to town because they don't come to town that often. So, and you're, you're going to see new players. They're a good team. There's a lot going on. Uh, obviously, you know, you could still, depending on your numbers, we, we still have packs to get you into, whether it be the Jack Astors pack, which provides great value, gift card to Jack Astors, as well as your seats for as low as $97. Or even if, you know, you want to come down to the remaining couple games, we have the six-ticket flex pack that still works. Uh, you know, a lot of great options. Call, call the office. We'll be more than happy to help you out. 416-596-3075, as well as online at torontorock.com slash tickets or on torontorock.com, and you can just uh, chat live with one of the agents and, uh, you know, go from there. So no reason to miss the, the Good Friday, March 30th. I mean, you're probably looking for something to do. You're off on the holidays. Uh, long weekend to get down to the city and, uh, you know, catch a catch a great lacrosse game. And even further about that Colorado game, if things trend maybe the way they are right now and, and Rosie starts to, you know, or I guess continues to maybe come into this second half of the season where he possibly really throws his name back in the hat in the goaltender of the year conversation, we could have the Rose Del Bianco matchup on the 24th of March in Calgary, followed by Rose Ward March 30th. You know, and then a couple of weeks later, Rose Vino. So Rosie's got a chance to go up against, and then to circle back to Ward. That's right at the end of the right. season. Yeah, so you've got some head-to-head matchups for Rosie, especially, and I guess you know when you think about it for everybody else um, that could determine the goaltender of the year here. Who wins those games really head-to-head? So that's going to be something interesting to track as well. I think um, you mentioned. You know, our little CDB watch you yes. mentioned last week. Yes. In the loss, only take, takes an eight spot, so it's <laughs> yes. right in line again with his numbers yeah. though, this past weekend. It's crazy. I mean, 
Yeah, I, I guess he's done nothing to uh, derail your theory it, that from, he from, could be the goalie from a of pure, the year here. From a pure numbers standpoint, I guess as a rock fan, you're like, oh, right, this is great. Rosie let in. You know, Rosie played unbelievable. Yeah. And didn't gain anything numbers-wise on him, which is No, yeah, seven in which regulation. Is scary. And yeah. Crazy. Crazy stuff. All right, uh, I think that'll be wrap things up for uh, this this edition of the program. Again, reminder, reminder, reminder: watch the game on NLL TV on uh, Friday night, following week. Rocker on the road again in Calgary, and then back home Friday, March the thirtieth, uh, for the second to last regular season home game of the seventeen eighteen season. All right, that'll about do it. Remember, uh, tickets always available TorontoRock.com/tickets. Hit us up on all our social channels if you want to chat about the podcast or anything else. Uh, but other than that, in the meantime and in between time, for Kyle Davis, I am Mike Hancock saying we will chat next week.